0: Wisconsin is slated to rejoin the city's quarantine travel order as our neighboring state was already on the city's warning list and it's seen cases rise this month. And Governor J.B. Pritzker says that the state's going to give some applicants who lost out in getting a chance for a retail marijuana license the opportunity to correct their applications before the state holds a lottery. Crane's reporter John Pletz joins the podcast today to talk about why that is and what it means for the timing of the lottery.
1: You know, this process has proven to just be more. Challenging than anybody expected at every turn.
0: I'm Amy Guth, and this is Crane's Daily Gist. It's Tuesday, September 22nd. In these uncertain times, it's important to have people you trust by your side. When 11,000 local business owners needed a Paycheck Protection Program loan, they turned to their Wintrust banker to secure funding because that's a relationship they can count on. Businesses are navigating some of the biggest challenges they will ever face. Wintrust is here to answer their calls. They'll answer yours, too. Start the conversation at Wintrust.com slash Daily Gist. Member FDIC. We're joined now by Cranes reporter John Pletz, here to talk about the latest in all the things that are going on in recreational adult use marijuana sales and that whole industry here in Illinois. This whole process, I would say, has just happened quickly. Legislation passed and then within six months it was online and then the pandemic hit. So I feel like there's it's just been kind of this fast and furious process. But the social equity part of it was a very big component to pushing this through. And that has a lot of people's attention lately. Tell me what's going on there.
1: Well, when they announced the, the finalists for the uh, lottery, To award the 75 licenses. When people first looked at that list, they just didn't feel like there were as many social equity applicants as they had expected. And, you know, a big part of the legislation, both how it got passed and the legislation itself, was designed to bring more diversity into the ownership of the industry, which was largely white and male. And that's where you got the idea of social equity applicants. And they got additional points, you know, it was an additional 20% of the score of these applications for people who had lived in areas that have been disproportionately impacted by violence and poverty related to the war on drugs or people who had been arrested and convicted for marijuana possession. And so that, you know, it was a big thing.
0: That brings us up to now. There were some applicants that felt like, Hey, I wasn't given a fair shake and we saw some lawsuits emerge. Tell me about those.
1: One of the first issues that emerged when um, they announced who the winners were and then those who didn't win, quickly asked for their scores. And people started comparing notes and found that, in many cases, they hadn't gotten the points that they were supposed to get. But also, there was a part of the law that said, during the scoring process, during the application process, the people scoring the applications would notify applicants and say, There are weaknesses in particular areas of your application. Here's what they are. We need more information about this or that, and you'd have a chance to correct those. Well, when people started um, looking at their scores, some people realized they hadn't gotten notifications, and many people had submitted more than one application. And in some cases, they received these notices to say, hey, you've got some weaknesses, and in other cases, they received nothing. And that was one of the first complaints we heard was that some people had a chance to correct problems with their applications and others didn't. And so that's what the changes announced by the governor yesterday uh, are designed to deal with.
0: And so those changes in particular, the governor is saying, hey, those of you who who lost out are going to get a chance to to correct their applications before the
1: lottery. Right, because it's a it's a fairness issue that some people did get the notice, which is in the law. I mean, this isn't this isn't them coming back and creating, you know, a do-over out of nothing. I mean, that it was specified in the law that if there were areas that either the people scoring the application needed more information or there were weaknesses in the application, you would have the chance to correct those, answer those questions before the final scoring. And so what they're saying now is there were people who didn't receive that. They're going to go back through and check those applications and if somebody didn't receive notice they're going to send them notice give them a chance to correct that and rescore it
0: a lot of focus has been on the date of this lottery and i think that this has created some questions about when that lottery is going to be it seems at this point that it's not going to be as soon as perhaps we thought do you have any indication of when it when it might happen
1: well the earliest they're saying now is mid-october but given what they announced yesterday That, you know, they've got to send out notifications, get some things restored. I don't really know when that lottery is going to happen. Initially, people thought it was going to happen very quickly, within 10 days of finalizing a list. And that was sort of the earliest it could happen. So that's been a real moving target. I, I, I really don't know when it will happen. I don't think anyone does.
0: So all of that said, uh, even though there's some ambiguity about when that lottery is going to happen, what will you be most interested to watch in the meantime on this topic?
1: Well, I, I don't know that that uh, this is the last word uh, on the application process. Two other big questions are some people received different scores for identical answers on applications. So if you applied in multiple regions of the state for licenses, which is legal, Some people realize that they got a different score in different regions for the same answer to parts of of the application question. So there's going to be some questions around that. There's also some, some questions about scoring for people who say that they didn't receive points for things that are fairly straightforward. You are an Illinois resident or you're not. You are a veteran or you're not. Or you meet the social equity criteria or you don't. And there are people who say you know, just flatly, look, I qualify. I didn't get my points. And this is one of the problems that they've had with the process was there wasn't, by design, there was not an administrative review process set up where you could challenge your scores. That's why the lawsuits got filed. So I think those other two categories are going to also have to be dealt with. And I suspect that we'll hear more on that sometime soon.
0: And then, what about the lawsuits? I know the announcement yesterday seemed to address one of the lawsuits. What about the others?
1: Yeah, the, federal, the person who filed the federal lawsuit said they'd be dropping it. The other two suits are in state court. Uh, there's one in Cook County, and there's another one pending down in Sangamon County, which is you know where where the state capital is. So, I've gotten no indication that uh, that those have been dropped. And you know, you may see other lawsuits, um, litigation is very common with the license process. We've seen that in almost every state that has legalized marijuana.
0: Well, we will definitely keep turning to you for the latest as this continues to unfold. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk it through today.
1: You're welcome, thanks Amy.
0: Coming up, if you're a Facebook user, you could now be eligible to get a piece of a $650 million settlement from the social media giant. We'll talk more about that and other stories right after this. Chicago Comes Back provides resilient leadership insights to help your business move forward from the pandemic. Delivered on Thursdays, this free e-newsletter features up-to-date information and guidance for Chicago's businesses. Sign up at chicagobusiness.com slash chicagocomesback. I'm Stephanie Goldberg and I cover healthcare at Cranes.
1: I'm Albie Galoon and I cover commercial real estate for Cranes.
0: You're listening to Cranes Daily Gist with Amy Guth. It appears that Wisconsin will be re-added to Chicago's travel quarantine order this week. Chicago Department of Public Health Commissioner Dr. Allison Arwady warned previously that the state could be added back to the city's list if it didn't tackle a rapid rise in cases, and the case count has since gone up. Between September 14th and today, the seven-day average of new cases statewide jumped from just under 1,200 cases to nearly 1,800, that according to Wisconsin's Department of Health Services. And that's from a low of less than 600 75 cases at the start of the month. The seven-day statewide positivity rate in Wisconsin is 14.9%. By comparison, Chicago's is 4.6% and Illinois statewide is 3.5%. The order is expected to go into effect on Friday, and the travel order overall is voluntary and directs travelers entering or returning to Chicago from states with a surge in new COVID cases to quarantine for 14 days. Wisconsin was already seeing an average of 20 to 30 cases per 100,000 residents per day, which is well over the city's threshold of 15 per 100,000 per day, and Chicago residents were already strongly advised not to travel there. CME Group CEO and Chairman Terry Duffy and CBOE Chairman and CEO Ed Tilley testified at a virtual Chicago City Council hearing this week, telling Alderman that if they go ahead with a tax on the exchange's financial transactions, both companies could pick up and leave the city. CME, which is the largest U.S. futures exchange operator, last year reported net income of $1.12 billion on annual revenue of $3.95 billion. CBOE, which operates the largest U.S. options exchange, as well as a stock Exchange in European venues had net income of over $370 million last year on $2.5 billion in annual revenue. And so while a financial transaction tax would require sign-off from lawmakers in Springfield, and there is not any specific proposal or any rates for a financial transaction tax here, some aldermen have floated the idea as a way to fill Chicago's $1.2 billion budget gap for next year. And this isn't anything necessarily new. In fact, Chicago's big exchanges have been fending off transaction tax proposals for decades, including from gubernatorial candidate Daniel Biss in 2018. And it's a debate that's also bubbled up in New Jersey. New York based Nasdaq will temporarily shift some operations to Chicago next month from New Jersey to protest proposed new taxes there, escalating a dispute over proposed taxes that would generate an estimated $10 billion from high speed trading. Others, including the New York Stock Exchange and Citadel Securities, have threatened to move their operations from New Jersey if the tax is enacted. City of Chicago CFO Jeannie Wang Bennett had a similar warning if Chicago goes the same way, saying, quote, The industry has high mobility because because trading done on servers can move jurisdictions at a moment's notice. And she said that because charges need to be applied at the nexus of the trade, if any of Chicago's exchanges moved, the city would no longer have the ability to collect the tax. Michigan auto dealers are trying to block startup electric car makers, including Rivian Automotive and Lucid Motors, from following in Tesla's footsteps by selling vehicles directly to consumers and servicing them in the state. A bill introduced in the Michigan legislature last week would block any manufacturer other than Tesla from selling cars to customers without a dealer as an intermediary and from owning and operating service and repair facilities. Rivian's raised about $6 billion from backers, including Ford and Amazon, and it expects to begin production of its first two vehicles, a battery-powered pickup and an SUV, by the middle of next year. And the bill would shut the proverbial door behind Tesla, which won a years-long legal battle with Michigan auto dealers in January, when the state attorney general granted a workaround that lets them deliver vehicles to buyers without requiring them to leave the state. The AG stipulation also lets Tesla indirectly own service centers in Michigan through a And so all this sets Tesla apart from Ford, GM, Fiat Chrysler and other auto companies, which operate under franchise laws that have been on the books for a very long time and were originally put in place to prevent manufacturers from opening stores that competed with the dealers. The Michigan Automobile Dealers Association, which represents about 600 new car dealerships in the state, says the agreement with Tesla didn't change state law banning direct sales and the bill is intended to clear up ambiguity. You can find more on this story and many others at chicagobusiness.com. Facebook users in Illinois can file claims for up to $400 a pop as part of a settlement over allegations that the social media giant violated privacy rights. So back over the summer, Facebook agreed to pay $650 million looking to settle a lawsuit that was filed in the state five years ago and later was moved to California federal court. They agreed in January to pay $550 million, but a judge rejected that settlement. And so now, according to attorneys representing the users, the total amount that each user could receive depends entirely on how many people want to make claims. And the deadline to do that is November 23rd. Notifications started going out to eligible users last weekend and are expected to continue through next week. And according to court documents, users will be notified via email and on Facebook if they're eligible. So the background here, though, is that the lawsuit alleged that Facebook violated a state law protecting residents' biometric info, which can include data from fingerprints, iris, and facial scans. Face templates were used in the site's tagging feature. I'm sure we've all seen that, hey, do you want to tag yourself in this picture? It's that, right. So according to court documents, users 18 and older, for whom Facebook has stored a face template after June 7th of 2011, are eligible to make a claim. And you can find a link to do that at chicagobusiness.com. And that's Cranes Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at ChicagoBusiness.com. Thanks so much to our guest today, Cranes reporter John Pletz. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your audio on demand. And find hashtag Cranes Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.